Excellent. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're with us this morning, whether you're live with us or uh, online with us, we are glad you are here. I'm not going to give a, a, a fluffy intro or anything. I'm going to have a word of prayer real quick, asking God to, to speak through me, because if, if I'm the only one talking to you, we're all in trouble, okay? But if, if by the grace of God, by the power of God speaks through me somehow, um, then, then you're hearing from, from God and from his word. And that's, that's all we want this morning, right? And we want receptive hearts as well. I hope your heart's ready to receive. My heart's ready to receive, all right? So let me pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be able to worship. To be able to hear, to be able to receive, and to be able, Father God, to be changed, to be molded, to be transformed, to be shaped in whatever way you, Father God, want to do in each and every one of our lives. Lord, we need you desperately to speak. And let us have ears to hear, hearts that are soft, minds that are open. And a will that says, may thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Um, you're going to be in mainly in two books. Okay, well, I'm going to be in a few other places. But really, all I want you to be is in two books this morning. We're going to start in the book of Genesis. It's the very first book in the Bible. It's kind of where it all began. All right, and then we're going to move to the book of Romans, to the book of Romans. So if you get through the four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay, you will then move to Acts. The book after Acts is the book of Romans, all right? So, so put something in the book of Romans, beginning of or something, because we're going to go from Genesis to Romans. But let's start at Genesis, all right? Genesis 1. Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the very first book of the Word of God. And I want to start in verse 26. Now, there's a lot I could teach on, but there's just one word that I want to concentrate on this morning here real quick. Genesis 1, 26. Then the Lord said, let us, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Okay, now it goes on, but I want, I want to let you know and I want to make it clear that the Word of God speaks, speaks of God as one God over and over and over, okay? But there are three aspects to that one God. There is the Father, there is the Son, Jesus Christ, and there is the Holy Spirit. Okay, and what I want you to, to recognize just as we walk through this message, I want you to recognize this point. 
that Jesus was and has been. He is God, and he was in the beginning, okay? Let us, so the Father is speaking, he says, let us make man in our own image, okay? So man was created. I want you to go to chapter 2, verse 25 for me. Verse 25, it's the last verse in the chapter, and it says this. First of all, know that Adam was created, all of creation was created, then Adam was created, and then Eve was created. And then it says this. The man and his wife, Adam and Eve, were both naked, and they felt no shame. Okay? Everything was as it was supposed to be. Beautiful. And, and, and God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And, and they were naked and they didn't even know it. There was no shame because there had been no sin. And I want you to see that there was no shame because in a minute we're going to see something else. All right? So Jesus was, was, was there from the beginning and with creation, before the fall of man, there was no shame. Now, the fall happened, and I want you to see chapter 3, particularly verse 7, because the, the enemy comes, this, this serpent, the enemy that we talked about from, from John 10.10, 10, there's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's... He was present in the garden and he tricks, deceives, lies to Adam and Eve and they end up doing the one thing that God said don't do. Don't eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And then in verse 7, after they had eaten, after they had been deceived, this is what it says in verse 7, chapter 3, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig trees together, fig leaves together, and, uh, and made covering for themselves. Sin entered the world that day. Sin entered the world that day. Now a lot happened after that. I don't have time to teach on all that right now. Okay, but you walk with God, you walk with the Israelites, and you walk with them dividing into some people. You walk with them disobeying and then coming back to God a number of times and so forth. And then you look at the minor prophets and the major prophets and, and many other things. And then what Devin talked about and what Devin sang about this morning, this, this Jesus is born. He lives a sinless life. Okay, and then he dies on a cross. I want you to see what we just saw in, in Genesis. I want you to see how it affects us. Go to the book of Romans for me. Go to the book of Romans, particularly, I want to I read a verse that's not in your outline. It's in chapter 5, but it's verse 12. At least three different times within this chapter right here of chapter uh, 5. Did I just say chapter 12? I didn't, did I? I all right, all right. 
Sometimes I just get so excited about the Word of God. Chapter 5, three different times the same thought is given. I want to read two of them. First one is in verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Now go to verse 18, which is in your outline. And it says, it says the beginning of 18, consequently just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men. Stop right there. Then go to Romans 3.10 for me. I hope you hear a pattern. I hope you hear what, what God is trying to say to us. Chapter 3, verse 10. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans, the same chapter, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Go back to chapter 6, one more verse, verse 23, the beginning of it says, For the wages of sin is death. I hope you hear those verses because we have a problem. And that problem is stated very clearly. And the, and the problem began back in those scriptures, back in time when Adam and Eve sinned. Through one man, the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men. For all have sinned and fall short. They miss the mark. We miss the mark. You miss the mark. We've all sinned. We have a problem, and that problem, if you're following in the outline, that problem is sin. Jesus saw... Jesus saw and was a part of the world being formed and created. Man and woman being created. He, he saw the fall happen. And I am, I am, I am positive that his heart broke as, as well as his father's over the choices that, that Adam and Eve made. Yet... Okay, yet God so loved mankind that he was willing to give a sacrifice. All right, let's go back in Romans and I want you to see what verse 8 has to say of chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 8, but God and I told you weeks ago that word but is a beautiful word and you will see it all throughout scriptures. Because when there's something evil, there's something bad, 
there's, there's a but. Okay, we have a problem. And the problem is sin, but God demonstrated his own love for, in, for us in this, that while we were still, what, sinners, while we still had this problem of sin, what happened? Christ died for us. Christ died for us. How many of you know John 3:16? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. 1 John 4.10, this is love. You want to know what love is? This is love. Not that we loved God. We haven't loved God. We have been sinners. We have been enemies of God, Scripture says. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The word atoning simply means to make amends, to, to pay for you know, there are consequences to doing wrong, right? How many of you have gotten a... Sp- well, don't raise your hand. <laughs> How many of you have gotten a speeding ticket? How many of you have done something wrong? How many of you have, have lied and had to go back and say, I'm sorry? How many of you have made mistakes and said words you shouldn't have said to somebody and had to go back and make amends. Listen, our sin had to be dealt with. Something something had to occur in order to make amends for our sin. And there was nothing that we in and of ourselves could do because of our sin. But Christ did something. The Father did something. Listen, from the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning of time, from from the moment of his, his miraculous conception, his mission was to die. Why was Jesus born? He was born to die. Now listen, we, we all we all die, but but we have other purposes on earth. We we have we have other other things to accomplish, other things that God wants us to be doing other than, than die. We were created to love and, and to worship God and to, and to share his love with, with all of mankind. But Jesus' purpose for birth was his death. And not just his death in general, but please hear this. Your own heart, may you hear these words, Jesus died for you. For you. Because we've been born with this sinful nature because of Adam and Eve and because of one person's trespass, sin came into the world. Jesus' purpose for birth was his death for you and me. 
His life was never about himself, never about his goals, never about his aspirations, never about his dreams. His life was never to be considered normal. No plans for a future career, no financial plans, no dreams of building a home for his family, no plans for a marriage and children, no plans of getting old and loving on his grandkids, no plans for anything of this world. His only purpose in life was to save mankind by being this atonement, by being a sacrifice, by paying for your sin, for my sin. He was born to save mankind through his death and resurrection. If you're taking notes, write this down. He was born to die so that the whole world might be able to live. He was born to die so that the whole world might be able to live. Jesus' reason for birth was to do his father's work, to prepare himself to take upon our sin, to take upon your sin, to take upon the sin of the world, to be, Scripture calls him, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice. So from the day of his birth until the death on the cross, his mission was the same. His mission was to die in your place, in my place, for me and for you. Jesus was born to die that we, that we may be healed, that we may be forgiven, that we may, may be made whole, that we may be able to have a relationship with the Father. It is the only way it could have happened. The only way that you and I can have a relationship is with, it, with the Father God is through Jesus Christ. I, I need you to get a hold of that. I need you to understand that. I need you to begin to, 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 to take that in. The only way for your sin and my sin to be taken care of was for Jesus to be born to live a sinless life, which he did, and to die on a cross and be resurrected three days later. Because it was on that cross that, his, that your sin and my sin was upon him. There is no other way that our sin was going to be atoned for. There's no other way that the judge was going was to take his gavel and say, not guilty. You've been pardoned. There was no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one. How many people? No one comes to the Father but through me, Jesus says. I, I, I want to... I want to pound that home.
because, because sometimes we just, we just go through life and we don't realize what God has done. We don't realize the love that God has for you and me and his creation. We don't realize he was willing to give his one and only son. We don't realize the depth of his love. We don't realize and think about how far he was willing to go in order to have a relationship with us. But when we begin to get it, when we begin to understand that Jesus was born to die for me, it's then I begin to respond to him. It's then I begin to have, have some things and some changing of heart and changing of, of ways and changing of life. What, what should our response be to Jesus? First of all, accept him as your Lord and Savior. And, and maybe you've done that. And if you've done that, please go back and remember what you've done. Think about what God has done for you. Be thankful for Jesus Christ. Come back in a way that's fresh and new to him. Recognizing that there was no other way and that Jesus was the only way. I want to go back to some of the verses we read, but I want to continue those verses. Going back to Romans, Romans 5, we read 18. Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, please hear this, so as the result of one act of righteousness was justification, just as if we had never sinned, that brings life for all men. Life is available to you, and how is it available to you? Because of one act of righteousness. We're talking about the act of Adam sinning, and then we're talking about the act of Christ dying. Sin came in the world, messed it up, messed you and me up, and guess what? There is only one way to make that right, and that's because of this one act of Jesus Christ. Verse 19 says, For just as though the disobedience of one man, that many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. There is hope. I don't have to be controlled. I don't have to live in. I don't have to be dominated by a life of sin. We read another verse. It was in 6.23. 6.23, the beginning of it said this, for the wages of sin is death. It goes on to say, but, well, there it is again, but the gift of God Please hear that. Okay, it's not it's not a coincidence that at Christmas time we give gifts. It's not a, it's not a coincidence that we're celebrating the birth of Christ at Christmas time and it involves gifts because God set it up and when we celebrate the birth of Christ, we need to understand there has been the ultimate gift given to us. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
Not in anybody, not just in some ways, not by being good, but the gift of God is eternal life in who? In Jesus Christ, who is who? Our Lord. Have you declared him your Lord? That's who he wants to be. And when he is, you gain eternal life. Go back to Romans 3. We read verse 23, and it said, For the wages of sin, excuse me, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then it says in verse 24, And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came, how? By Jesus Christ. Please understand there is no other way to have the redemption except and only through Jesus Christ. It's not through baptism. Baptism is a step after you've trusted Jesus Christ, after you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a step. But if you're relying solely on your baptism to save you, that's not what baptism is. Baptism is an outward illustration of what Christ has already done in you. Please understand something. It's not by being born in America. Well, well, aren't we, aren't we the, 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 the place where God resides? I mean, you know, in God we trust, right? Guess what? Americans are just as much sinners as anybody else. Please hear this. It is not by being born in a Christian home or a Christian family. Okay, it's not because your parents were Christians. Okay, it's, it's not hereditary in that manner. It's not just passed down. You personally have to make a decision to trust, to believe in, to accept what Jesus Christ has done for you. You have to receive him as your Lord and as your Savior. And then a beautiful verse couple verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And if you recognize some of these, some of these are very clearly from what's called the Roman road. It's the way to, re, to, to, to tell somebody about what Jesus Christ has done. This is the ending of the Roman road. In, in, in Romans 10, 9, and 10, and I want to come back to the Genesis 2, 2, 25 that we read. That if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is who? Lord. Thank you. If he is Lord, if you're going to allow him to control, if you're going to allow him to direct, if you're going to allow him to speak into if he's going to be one that you follow not the ways of this world but allowing him to be Lord that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be what a beautiful word saved in other words this problem that began with Adam it's dealt with and we are saved from that problem. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with your heart. 
It is with your heart that you believe and are there. That word is again justified. Just as if you had never sinned. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Now, now look at verse 11. It's not in your outline. Look at this. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to... What's the next word? Do you remember Genesis 2.25 in the garden? They're naked and there's no shame. And then did you notice what happened with the fall? They realized they were naked and there was shame and they started sewing some fig leaves together and everything else. Guess what? Now this, please don't misunderstand this verse. You cannot walk around naked. Okay, that's not what this is saying. But Scripture tells us there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're no longer found guilty because of trusting what Christ has done for us. That's beautiful. But you personally and I personally have to trust Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. He came to earth for you. Don't let that sentence pass you by. I will continue to pound it home today. He came to earth for you. I've heard it said, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that had you been the only sinner, guess what? Christ would have come. Christ would have come, and he would have died in your place, just as he did. He wants to save you from the bondage of sin, the consequences of living a sinful life. Think of the consequences that you've had to deal with and suffer because of sin. Your own and other people's. He wants to save you from a death apart from God. This Christmas, will you, will you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins? 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you accept this gift? Listen, think of the best gift you could possibly get this morning. For some young teenagers, I'm sure it's an Xbox 25. That's sarcasm. Five's a new one, right? What? Go ahead. Give me. Xbox Series X. See? Knows what he wants. Right? Maybe a brand new car. Her guys. Brand new truck. You know? Maybe it's that dream vacation. I don't know what the best gift that you could possibly receive this Christmas, but I tell you something that you may not even recognize. You've already received it.
and we pass by and we don't absorb it. We don't accept it. We just keep living our life according to worldly things and we've missed the best gift possible. God giving his one and only son that whosoever, and you are that whosoever, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How do we respond to him? Secondly, we appreciate him. We appreciate him. We honor him. We respect him. We bow to him. Sometimes we get so caught up in the everyday life and all that Christmas has and its hustle and its bustle and its lights and its this and its that. And we forget, we forget the reason for the season. We forget the gift that was given. We forget why he was born. We forget to appreciate that Jesus died for us, continues to be a gift offered to you. This Christmas, do me a favor, make your life about praise. Make your life about thanksgiving. Make your life about worship. Psalms 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath Everybody breathe, would you? If you just did that, you're part of this verse right here. Let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Appreciate him. Thirdly, love him. Love him. It's the greatest commandment there is. Mark 12, 30 and other places. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Remember that it was, it was for you that he was born that he could take the penalty of sin for you so that you could have a relationship with the Father and live a life of peace, live a life of hope, live a life guided not by your own worldly desires but by a Spirit of God that lives in you that guides you into love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Love Him. Love Him. Love Him. If you were to list off what are the things you love, would God be first? Man, we throw that word around pretty easily. I love pizza. I love the sunshine. <laughs> Gotta say, it's one I've been saying lately. <laughs> but we throw it around. I love, and, and, and you name your favorite sports team. And, and, and can I just be real here? Many times we begin, to, we begin to worship other things. The sports teams or that favorite band of ours or that favorite actor or actress of ours. And God says, I want to be number one. Love me. Love me with all your heart. Love me with all your soul, with your mind, with your strength. Fourth and last, follow him. Follow him. Another way that we show God our appreciation is by following him. Everybody remember the, the game, follow the leader? 
Or Simon says? What was the objective? To follow everything the leader did, right? When we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, he becomes our leader. He becomes one that we follow. Our goal is then to follow him. Let me tell you one key of following Christ. A responsive heart. You got to have a heart that says, God, I'll do whatever you say. I... I don't just want to hear. I don't just want to read about what you say. I don't want to debate about it. I want to have a responsive heart. And, and when you tell me to go, and when you tell me to do, I'll do. And when you tell me not to do, I won't do. Listen, where do we find a lot of that? We find a lot of that in the Word of God. We find a lot of His commands. We find a lot of His guidance. We find a lot of His direction in the Word of God. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 from the New Living Translation. All Scripture, all the Word of God is inspired by God and is useful. Please hear that. Okay, we spend so much time reading other books. We spend so much time reading newspapers. That's probably an older thing, but anyway. We spend so much time devouring worldly stuff. And what is most useful? The Word of God. It is useful to do what? To teach. To teach us what is true. Listen, there is truth. Period. Doesn't matter what the world say. It doesn't matter what the universities say. It doesn't matter what the television tells you. There is truth. And it is found in the Word of God. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. If there is truth, then there are, there are things that are wrong, right? Because of truth. There are things that are wrong. And it corrects us when we are doing wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and to equip his people to do the very good work, the work of God. Listen, you were the reason that Jesus came. You were the reason that Jesus was born. You were the reason that Jesus died. Your sin and my sin. He wanted you to have a relationship with the Father and he wanted you to be a child of the King to come into the family of God, to be seen as righteous, as justified, to be freed from sin, to have hope. He died for you. What are you doing with this gift? Okay, that's my main question. What are you doing with the gift of him dying? He was born to die that you may have life. What are you doing with this gift? If you ignore it, if we pretend like it's not there, if you say, well, I'm not sure if that's true, you're basically throwing it out onto the driveway and allowing it to be rained on, allowing it to be trampled on, allowing it to be driven over, and that gift means nothing to you. What are you doing with this gift? What are you doing with this precious gift of God sending his one and only son? It's the only thing to fix our problem. Are you believing it? Listen, if you have questions about this, you can, of course, come talk to me. If you want to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I or, or other board of elder members would love to lead you in a prayer to do that. If you still have questions, I want you to know. See this Bible right here? 
Okay, it's just the New Testament, I believe. Yes, New Testament, only New Testament. Okay, it's not the full Bible. It's not the Old Testament as well, but it's the New Testament. But I want you to know that there is a section in the very, very, very front of this that says how you can know God. And it's a couple pages of understanding how you can know God, and then it's some very specific steps, four steps. You want to, if, if you're questioning, if you're kind of wondering what this is about, if you want to hear it in a different way, you can grab one of these at our resource table. Right on the other side of this wall right here is a resource table. Somebody will be there and, or just go up and just take one. You don't have to say a word to anyone. You can be an introvert through and through. Walk up there, take one, and be gone. Okay? But it is so important to understand what to do with this gift. It's so important to answer and understand the question, why was Jesus born? He was born to die. He was born to die in your place and in my place and took our sin upon him so that we may be able to have a relationship with the Father. If you want to do that today, please come see me, okay? If a couple board of elders could just come and stand at the, at the ends over here, uh, and if you want to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, come see one of them. Come see me. We'd love to lead you and help you understand more about what that means. If you're still not sure and don't want to talk to anybody, come find one of these Bibles at the resource table. Read those first few pages. How do I have a relationship with God? This Christmas, this Christmas, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up. Remember the most precious gift that has already been given to you, okay? Let's stand together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for truth. Father, I pray that you speak into hearts. And Lord, may we ask ourselves, Father, where, where am I? What have I done with this gift? What have I done with Jesus? And Lord, if the answer is nothing or if the answer is not much, if the answer is I've not really trusted him as my Lord and Savior, Father, may today be the day of salvation for some people. And Father, if, if there's people here that have already trusted Jesus Christ, Lord, may we ask, are we really appreciating him? Are we really loving him? Are we really following him in our lives? Are we allowing him to be the leader? Let us ask the hard questions today, and we thank you why Jesus was born, born to die. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.